welcome, Legionaries, to Legion Cast episode 36, another hobby roundtable. I am your host, Warwick, and joining me as usual is my co-host, Brandon. Welcome, Legion brothers, Legion sisters, and often forgotten, but never by me. Those of you who spent the Christmas money gifts for other people on hobby stuff for yourself, welcome to Legion Cast. Great to be here. Uh, really excited for another Christmas. And my brother, Maniple. Uh, thanks for having me. Greetings to all the Longbeards out there. Remember to treat every meal like it's your last. And our co-host, Paul. Back for another one. It's been a, had a little break there. Good to be back. And I'm glad to have everybody here on the panel. We've got a great Christmas episode planned. We've got a GW intern hour talking about the new FAQs that just came out. We've got another Death Comes to Christmas Town with our yearly Christmas exchange, which I'm super excited for. We have the Emperor's Judgment talking about our year-end review. And we're going to be focusing on some portents of doom with next year's hobby goals. So I'm looking forward to getting into all of this. What do you guys think? It's been a while since I've been on uh, Hobby Roundtable, so looking forward to the discussion. Yeah, as per usual, holidays are busy, and that includes Warhammer. Be good to get into it. So do we want to talk real quick about what we've all been working on or if we all been kind of slow with the Christmas season? I mean, I know we've all kind of been working on our gift exchange projects, but is there anything else slid across your hobby table? Yeah, I've been working on uh, some of my Emperor's children there. I uh, finished my Phoenix Terminators along with my uh, Praetor there, um, as, along with my, my Spartan that I just finished up the other day. And next up on the table for me is going to be my Palantine Blade Aquilae Squad. Really loving painting these guys. I'm, I'm digging the purple. It's a lot of fun. I've been stymied because I ran out of bases that I was uh, making my foot troops on, and I need to make some more troops. Finally, I got a shipment of those in from Etsy, and I can get back to building some new headhunters and hopefully some apothecaries if there's some bits in this box sitting in front of me. Yeah, I've been uh, finally making some progress on Sons of Horus. Um I'd kind of just been holding back because I kept trying to find paints and stuff and like AK Interactive is all online to order, but I finally got it all in. Um, Been running stuff through the airbrush. Uh, Been trying to figure out how to handle uh, varnishes through an airbrush. I'd never done that before, but it's going well. Very cool. And I've just been plugging away on a couple of Night Lords here and there, but I think I'll be able to talk about that a little more in my uh, New Year's Eve goals, so... Why don't we dig into these FAQs? And Brandon, do you want to lead us on this one? Yeah, absolutely. So I think we can just do a quick fire uh, chat here about some of these FAQs. I don't necessarily want to go to each and every one of them in depth. Uh, there's plenty of folks out there who do that. So, um, but big FAQ just dropped. Um, I had heard uh, from some folks that they thought that GW was possibly already done supporting heresy uh from a rules perspective and stuff i didn't really get that feeling at all um so i'm not really sure where that sentiment came from but we got an faq uh i think it's a pretty good faq so if we want to each take a book i can start with the the core rule book and then if somebody wants to grab the liber astartes the liber hereticus and then uh we can talk a little bit about the exemplary units as well. The Liber Mechanicum and Liber Imperium, we don't really 
do those here. None of us play those armies, so. Not a ton changed in the core rulebook. One of the big ones, a couple of changes to reactions here. Now, if you make a shooting attack as part of a shooting reaction, so i.e. overwatch or return fire, if you have a special ability that allows you to do something instead of making a shooting attack, you have to make a shooting attack instead. So no Cognus Signum here. Um, they use the they use Battlesmith as a their direct call out in this. I, I gotta be honest, I don't even know what Battlesmith does because I don't use it. Um, no that's psychic the, powers. That's the rule that use that lets tech marines repair a vehicle. Mm, okay. So none of that. I don't think that this was getting too abused. I but it's nice that they make that clarity. It's the shooting reactions are already super strong. I don't think that this makes them not incredibly strong. It just maybe tones them down a bit. But I, I'm all altogether good there. The other reaction is uh, there's a change to reactions in the assault phase. This one I'm not happy about. Um, this one is that the reacting player does not have to choose to react until after the charge is rolled. So you can see if your opponent actually made their charge before you choose to react. I hate this because that entirely takes the risk. Uh, it, it, there's still a huge risk on charging and now there's no risk to popping a reaction where it didn't, where it wasn't optimal. So what, what do you guys think of these two here? Yeah, it's going to make uh, my army struggle even more, which is weird because I was already in a tough place and now they've just made assaulting harder. I don't know. It. I felt like there was a lot of this kind of stuff throughout these errata where there was a lot of like key issues that people have talked about and they've just sort of let those float by and then they're going after assault reactions and making them better and everyone's like, why, why do that? This did not need to happen. Yeah, I'll agree with that. It seems like the 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 game is, at least the ones that I've played, and admittedly it's been low, is that the game is really resolved in kind of that um, close-range firefights. If you can get into a close-range shooting war, you, you that's where most of the hurt happens. And maybe, maybe that's kind of meta because we have not had a good uh, set of assault weapons that have been available for a lot of people, so they're going to tend to more gravitate towards the shooty armies. But anytime I've been in that kind of uh, rapid fire range for bolters, that's where all the death happens. And then to make charges even more difficult, it just, it seems like that they're shifting the balance even further towards that, um, towards making shooting better. I definitely think that part of the game is kind of weighing your options on whether or not you want to risk wasting a reaction on a charge that might not even go through. Uh, I, I agree with Brandon kind of bullshit that they got rid of that. Um, I think that if you're, if you're going to react, you need to declare, you're going to react when someone declares their charge. I think giving this leeway here is it, it takes some of the risk out of the game and that kind of, I don't want to say it kills it for me, but it's just, it's really lame. And then as far as the, um, the shooting thing goes, I get the clarification for like battlesmith or biomancy or something. Uh, the Cognus Signum is one that kind of doesn't make sense to me because if, like, if you have a guy on the battlefield whose whole job is to 
focus fires somewhere, you'd think that like he'd be doing that all the time, not just in certain phases of the battle. So from a realism standpoint, kind of lame. Yeah, I think the clarification is coming from the fact that the Cognosignum states in your shooting phase, you can choose to eschew shooting and give a plus one ballistic skill to the squad. And then reaction state, like return fire, I think it says something like as if it were the shooting phase. And so people were saying like, well, I'm treating this as if it's the shooting phase. Here's my Cognosignum for plus one ballistic skill. And they're saying, no, that that doesn't transfer over. You treat most of the rules as if it's the shooting phase for reactions, but specialist equipment do not transfer over. It's still the assault phase and you're still an overwatch kind of thing. Yeah. From a realism standpoint, think of it this way. Um, In your shooting phase, your unit has stopped and they are making a dedicated shot. Okay. We're going to focus fire on these guys over here versus a reaction is, Oh shit, these guys are moving up on us. We need to try and suppress them. So I actually, you know, that's kind of why something like that, I think, should, I think these shooting, I don't think that they were bad when it was snap firing, like, you know, in older editions of 40K and stuff like that. Um, That's why I say, like, again, the shooting reactions are already incredibly powerful. I don't think this makes them not. Uh, With the assault phase reaction, this kills one of the primary tactics of assault, which is, charge the unit that you care a little less about into your opponent and have them soak the overwatch. And if they don't make it, that's fine. They can no longer, that unit can no longer overwatch. Now you charge your big unit that actually does damage in. This completely takes that away if you fail that charge. So I, I don't like it at all. Anyway, I think I've harped on that one enough. Do you uh, think you would get to the point where you might even house rule that away, or is it the FAQ is the FAQ and you were stuck with it? I'm not uncomfortable house ruling that away. I don't like that at all. I don't see how that how it makes it a better game. Yeah, because that that's been a tactic since the earliest days of of 40k and Warhammer. You know, you do those those throwaway charges or you do feints and this sort of stuff. And that kind of goes to the core of how this game has been played for 30 years. That, that's interesting. Well, and it's not like it's an overpowered tactic or anything because you can throw that trash unit in and then your big unit can also fail their charge. You know, it, there's still a ton of risk in going into close combat. So I just I just don't see why this this seemed necessary. Um, yeah, I would have no issues house ruling this away. If, if people said I don't want to play it this way, I would, you would not hear an argument from me. All right. Um, so a couple other ones here for crew stun. They changed it. zooming flyers still move. It's just they they kind of move a base characteristic um, and can't turn. Fine. Not an issue. Um, change to Graviton Pulse, which I don't know anything about because Graviton is way too complicated and I don't want to read it. Uh, Haywire got a new table. Uh, looks fine. Uh, independent characters and infiltrate. If you don't infiltrate a unit, an independent character without infiltrate can join. Kind of an edge case, but I'm, I'm glad they clarified it. 
And I'll just make a note here that every time I infiltrate with a unit, they get shot up the first round. So I haven't found a good way to use it yet. I'm just not very good at 30k, I guess. Well, um, my recommendation to you would be to try the age-old strategy of get good. Let's see, anything else that I really want to talk about here? Optional detachments. So there's not no longer a limit on optional detachments that you can include in your army. So not, you can potentially include multiple allied detachments. Now there's ways I like this and there's ways I don't. Uh, if you wanted to run a Shattered Legions army and you, let's say, ran your Crusade detachment as, I don't know, Iron Hands, and then you could bring in an allied detachment of Salamanders and an allied detachment of Ra Raven Guard, love that. Super themey. I already know there's some way that I just don't know about that this is going to get min-maxed and be so gross and ugly. To be honest, I don't really see it as happening a whole lot. Um, unless there is somebody out there who's going to try to make some whack list. But yeah, it, having the multiple... I don't think I've ever made a list that had more than one optional detachment. I usually don't even take one. Uh, especially for Sons of Horus, I'm doing my primary detachment and taking the stuff that the Rite of War requires me to take, and I'm already at like 1,500 points. And it's like, well, I don't have the space to take, you know, an allied detachment. Yeah, I think it's a lot, lot of work getting just one allied detachment in there, but like I said, for some cases, I'm glad that you can do more than, more than one. Um, when you get into some... I guarantee there is some dude out there, some 40 chess fool. I know you're out there. I know you're listening. Who has already come up with the list to end all lists that uses five different allied detachments. I, I know one, it's not really like broken, but it is super annoying. But it's you mix custodes with uh, space marines and take a master of signal. And I think the custodes have something called an Ares Shrike. And so it makes all deep strikes disordered on like a four up or something like that. And you have to like re-roll the disorder dice too if it passes. So it just means like you can mix custodes and space marines and just be like, no deep strike for you. <laughs> yeah, because there's so many people deep striking right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting one here. If you fire a weapon that is barrage and you do not fire it indirectly, it no longer hits side armor. I don't know how I feel about this. So is it is it from the orientation of the vehicle then? So if you shoot at the front it's of the line vehicle, of you're going to hit front armor? Okay. It's line of sight. So if you can draw a line of sight and... Well, there's two parts of this. If a vehicle, if something can fire barrage and they have line of sight, can they still choose to fire indirectly? Yes. If they don't fire indirectly and they hit a vehicle, it doesn't hit sight armor. So direct or indirect, if it has the barrage keyword, you're always treating it as hitting the front? No, no. Normally, the old rule was a barrage weapon always hits sight armor. Mm -hmm. Now... If you do not fire it indirectly, i.e. you drop that pie plate and you subtract your ballistic oh. skill because you have line of sight, you hit facing. whatever facing you're drawing line of sight to. I got you. I don't love it. I don't think barrage weapons really needed a nerf. They're not the greatest anyway. 
It says that even if you have line of sight, though, you can still choose to fire the weapon indirectly. Yes, you can. But at that point, you are not subtracting your ballistic skill from your scatter. Right, so it's all or all or nothing, but it might be worth it for the gamble to get the side armor hit. Last one I really want to talk about. They clarified some things with Rogel Dorn and Horus about uh, Horus always. You when you hit Horus, he always needs a four or, or better on the die, regardless of weapon skill. And I think it's the same with wounding Rogel Dorn. If they're attached to a unit, the unit doesn't get that rule good change i don't know how you could read it in a way that they all would but i'm certain someone can and the last thing i want to talk about here is they in incredible detail broke down exactly how a deep strike assault works the order in which things happen uh i think this is great uh i think that it makes deep strike still poo but i'm glad that it is very clear now it's nice to have it all on one page instead of spread across six different pages yes. in a like 600 page rule book. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. So, so, okay. So that's under the reserve actions page. That's on page seven of the FAQ. Okay. And seven and eight. Gotcha. Yep. So that's the main rule book. Uh, any overall thoughts here? Anything that you guys feel the need to talk about that I didn't go over? I did not go over every change. I guess the question I have is sometimes when they fix a rule, they, they use the nuclear option first. Do you think they did that here with the some of the things we looked at? Should they have done a more leisurely uh, rules fix on a few things? I don't think they nuked anything here. They did nuke some stuff in this FAQ round, and we'll talk about it. Here, honestly, there's more rules here that I'm like, did that need a change? than anything else that nothing like some of the things like the charge roll thing i don't understand what was the problem before yeah that that's one that i don't understand at all i i will say i like that they clarified and reworked some of the graviton pulse stuff that being said it's still a wall of text and i'm not going to run those weapons because they're very frustrating when you're mid-battle so that's kind of my takeaway there I'll, i'll probably end up looking into them at some point but uh, it's not anything I'm in a hurry for because, like, especially if you're talking like the Graviton Cannon versus the Cyclonic Meltalance on your Leviathan Dreadnought, the Cyclonic Meltalance is so simple and good. There's no reason not to just take it. Yeah, I remember reading the Graviton. I think you have a Leviathan with one, don't you? Or was it a Contemptor? I magnetized my, my ranged arms, so... Yeah, I read those rules and it's like, I don't even want to bother learning how this works. It's just too much. Well, I can give a little breakdown of the Libra Stardes book. Uh, there wasn't a ton there. They added the infantry transport rule to the Legion Damocles Commando Rhino. There was a little thing here about Deathwing Companions. I'll read it. Maybe, Ridge, you can explain it. While deployed, the entire unit gains a plus, four plus invulnerable save against shooting attacks and a 5-plus invulnerable save against melee attacks, and any, and any enemy models engaged with a model from this unit in an assault have their initiative reduced by negative 1. What was it before? It was exactly that before, but in paragraph form. So it was oh, just okay. very long and confusing to read, but it did the exact same thing. So gotcha. this is just a clarification. So it just says, Deathwing Companions are good. 
Yes. Okay. And then there's something for the Sagyar Maitsan Rite of War, which do you guys, do you guys play that one? I have looked into this one quite a bit because I really like the White Scars. Um, this basically clarifies, so when you take this Rite of War, all infantry models get the Koresh rule and feel no pain. Five up. That This specifies that it doesn't affect unique models. So your character units, they're not going to get this. Okay. Uh, Medusa and Immortals get Breacher Charges. And a little clarification when your Legion Chaplain Console gets uh, can make a power weapon to master craft it. It can be a power sword, axe, maul, or lance. Right, because people were taking like master crafted thunder hammers, or like I could take the master crafted legatine right. axe. They've clarified it now. It's only the base power weapons. Then, if you have an independent independent character with a bitter duty special rule, they can join a unit that does not have bitter duty. So that would be like your, or the two, the more attack, he can join another unit. Yeah. So this, this is one that I pointed out that kind of frustrated me. And you'll understand why later on in the episode. Uh, it basically independent character now supersedes bitter duty. So your, your unit with bitter duty, like your destroyers, they cannot be joined by an independent character without bitter duty. But a independent character with better duty can join anybody, right. and he, he can also take a retinue. So that could be kind of interesting. I'd have to play around with that and see how I can make that work. Um, and then a lot of these were repeated on the uh, the Codex or Liber Hereticus. So, Paul, or anything else that we didn't mention that's on those? It did specify a couple things like. Uh, Brandon was mentioning with Horus and Rogel Dorn. They've also added some other clarifications. Thousand Sons and Raven Guard Rejoice. Your uh, Primarch still benefits from their Shrouded Rule, even though they're fearless. Um, there's also a couple other things about um, Mortarian Special Rule. Uh, Fleshbane and Rending. Hitting him on sixes doesn't work if he's in a squad. It's only when he's alone. Um, and then they also put something about Alpharius's armor. In addition, if Alpharius is the only model in his unit when declared as the target of an attack, yeah, it's uh, Fleshbane and Poison don't work on Alpharius if he's alone, basically is what it boils down to. Um, but it specifically states that he has to be alone. So if he's in a squad, he doesn't get it. Uh, another clarification they made was for the Armored Spearhead Rite of War. And I believe the original wording was any model not beginning the game in a dedicated embarked on a dedicated transport must be removed as a casualty. They've clarified it in that uh, with the infantry type model doesn't begin embarked on a transport, it's removed from play. So the original wording meant you couldn't take dreadnoughts because they weren't starting in a transport. Now it seems you can include dreadnoughts in that list without having them in a transport, which I, I think is important because your armored spearhead ride of war would, would really do well if you could add in dreadnoughts. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think there's only like three or four things specifically for traders. Um, um, I noticed the the upgraded bolter rule 
if you pick a different kind of bolter, like a shrapnel bolter or something like a Kraken bolter or something like that, you can't also attach a bayonet or a chain bayonet to it. Yeah, you can only which, add a bayonet or chain bayonet to a normal bolter. Which I thought was a weird call on that, but yeah, I'm not really sure what the reasoning be for that would be, but eh, you know. Well, it's, because uh, assaults are far too powerful. They have to nerf the assault phase. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Close combat. Can't have Bane strike bolts with chain uh Yeah, that would bayonets. just be broken. Um, yeah, there was that. Uh, not too much on the heretic side. They put down a paragraph of text trying to explain Zardulayak and the Blade Slaves. Um, basically how it works is he has to be purchased with the Blade Slaves and they have to start together on the table. As soon as the game starts, he can choose to leave and join other squads if he wants, but he has to start with them. It's also specified that he can take a retinue, but they have to start on the table separately from him and the Blade Slaves, and he has to then leave the Blade Slaves and join the retinue if he wants to run with them. No, I think you got that uh, backwards. They, in the... is that they have to, the retinue has to stick with the Blade Slaves. Uh, let's see. Zardulaic can be be the leader of a retinue squad, and this will become part of the same unit. Oh, okay, so he starts with the Blade Slaves and the retinue together. He will not be able to leave this unit until all models from the retinue squad have been removed as casualties. Which okay. makes sense. You can't yeah. leave a retinue. If you if you take a retinue, you have to stay you with it. You have to them. stay with it. Okay, so that's what it is. But yeah, just a weird clarification. I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of people online say, why not just make the Blade Slaves an optional like upgrade that he can take if he wants it? Kind of like how chaplains used to be able to take you know, serfs and servitors, but... Yeah, instead we got this, so something for word bearers. Um, Other than that, it specifically talks about uh, Sons of Forest. Did you have something? They they did clarify for the Night Lords, and this is important for me. Um, The and the the wording in the Liber Hereticus is up to ten Night Raptors. So you can have a, a total of 10 in the entire squad. They clarified in this FAQ up to 10 additional Night Raptors. So now you can run a squad of 15, which oh, that's is really, really nice. Uh, let's see. Oh, this was one that I was talking about. Um, part of the question answer section. Does the Sons of Horus Merciless Fighter special rule come into effect in a turn when a disordered charge is made by a unit belonging to either player? Yes. It's weird because they don't explain why. It's just yes. And the wording for Merciless Fighters specifically says it only happens on successful charges. So I'm guessing because stuff like the Black Reaving causes multi-charges to be a thing, you could have some squads be successful and others be disordered and they might be tagging each other and that turn on and off the, the ability, but it's just very weird. I almost view this as a soft nerf to hold the line. Uh, because, I mean, with Sons of Horus specifically, hold the line, neutralize every rule in the army, like right of war, army bonus, everything. So I, I kind of just feel like they're throwing you a bone there. I just wonder why they specifically went the disordered charge route instead of just say, remove successful from merciless fighters rule. So just anyone charged or is charged get the rule because that's basically what this is saying to do 
but it's going in a weird about way where it also opens up other questions of, well, do I get my extra charges on the black reaving, even if I'm not successful because the right of war says it successful, but so does merciless fighters. It's kind of like, all right, GW, you need to tell us what exactly is a successful charge now because you're changing the rule on us. I just say take the dub. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not complaining too much about it, but it is something that needs to be said. And I guess the other thing is they had a couple things about Iron Warriors, vehicles, making shooting attacks, can only use defensive weapons. Now, so what this is, is the Iron Warriors, their Legion trait is they get plus one strength when they're shooting at certain unit types. And the argument people were making was, with that plus one strength, you can tip a weapon into no longer being a defensive weapon. But they're saying, no, if it's a defensive weapon, it's a defensive weapon. Cool. And yeah, that's about it. Other than that, it's um, basically a mirrored copy of the of the Loyalist one. All right. Well, Warwick, you want to take us quickly through the uh, exemplary battle or the legacies units? Yeah, um, I'm just going to talk about the the units that are, I guess, specific to me. So the the big one is the Fulmentaris Terminators, and I'm not super heartbroken about this because I've got other good stuff I can take. The the big nerf for them is they used to come with a power sword, a combi bolter, stock, and that's like 290 points. And the sergeant had the um, Pertark's Targeter, which gave them, if they stood still, they'd get like night fighting and a couple other bonuses. They could uh, they got Skyfire, I think. Now they all have one of these Targeters, and they have to replace that to get a power weapon. So it just makes them more fiddly to build. Not like, um, not physically like the model themselves, but when you're building your list, now you have to be cognizant of like, you know, uh, how many power weapons am I going to take? Who's going to lose their targeter? Does the targeter affect the entire squad? Do I only need one? Whatever. Um, that kind of thing. The other big nerf for them was the splinter missiles were a heavy four pinning and breaching six, I believe. Now they're just heavy for pinning. That's it. The Hellfire Plasma Missiles were range 24, strength 8, AP 2, heavy 1. And they were brutal too. So these things were great for killing Dreadnoughts, and that's why I liked them. Now they are range 36, so they're longer range, but they're just regular plasmas from that point on, but they don't get hot. So they're strength 7, AP 4, breaching 4 up. And that's all, that's fine, that's whatever, the extra range is great. My thing here is I can run a 10-man plasma support squad in a Rhino for the same price now. And uh, I'm just, I, you know, like I said, I'm not too heartbroken about this. I have other cool stuff I can take. Um, it just kind of... They can't do the no line of sight fire anymore. Oh, right, they can't, um, they cannot fire indirectly anymore. So, yeah, I guess I missed that. Because that was tied to the Petrarch's yeah, target, wasn't it? Yeah, completely reworked. Yeah, so, yeah, it's just, they're not fun anymore. Um, uh, but, yeah, it's whatever. The but but other they still one, don't get ahead. hot, so that's going to put them above the, the support squad version. And those Terminators are pretty um, 
flexible because they still are going to have a what a power fist or a power weapon. If I get rid of their target, uh, okay. Um, could they hold an objective better than your support squad? They're not line. Oh, okay. So I no. mean, honestly, these and they're they're weapon skill four. So the same problem with all terminators, and they're only leadership eight. The number one bane of these guys is getting hit by a heavy support squad like las cannons or auto cannons or something, and then failing their morale check and running off the board. I've had them flee in several games and never rally in time. Yeah, I mean, leadership eight is is not great for yeah, terminators. That's weirdly low, but I don't know. I just see these as kind of filling a similar function to uh, what are those Iron Warriors guys with the big malt. The tyrant yeah. siege you, you buy a bastion, you throw them inside, and you just throw out a, just a crap load of withering fire at 36 inches. You don't need to worry about close combat potential and leadership. Just put them in a building and have them shoot stuff. These guys were a lot better than the tyrant terminators because they had the no line of sight. They had the brutal two AP2 missiles. Uh, I mean, they were pretty vicious. The thing is, is you always ran them in fives, Warwick, and I didn't find them that offensive in fives. I really think the FAQ here could have yeah. been they cap at five. This this was kind of a nuclear hit to them. Uh, the getting get, taking breaching away from the splinter warheads really sucks because they're they're a low strength. They're a, they don't have a great AP, but getting them to ignore an armor save from time to time was a really great error. Well, they're functionally a frag missile now. Which yeah. gives a shit. They're not blast. They're, so they're, oh yeah, they're, they're worse I guess than they're, a frag missile. Yeah. yeah. The problem was before it was a, it was a ranged thunder hammer. <laughs> That's yeah. too good. I mean, if a knight can't put out that kind of firepower, why are these random ultramarines doing that with backpacks? Because my shit's supposed to be busted, Paul. And that's the reflection of the question I asked before is, could they have done a middle ground here? Because it seems like I've been on the receiving end of a 10-man unit of those, and it's not fun. But could they have done something more middle of the road to make them good, but not that auto-delete button for almost anything? I'd say... If they even if they knocked the Splinter Warheads to heavy two instead of being heavy four, I'd have been all right with that. The Plasma Warheads, I think, maybe rolling back Brutal two on the Plasma Warheads, but keeping AP two, even Strength seven AP two, I'd have been fine with. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know me and uh, Warwick talked about this before, where. I think we were talking points and how everything worked out. And it was like sons of Horus have access to nothing in that power range. And they are in the same points tier as just Aaron. Right. And I'm starting, you know, just Aaron base art strength four weapons, AP three, you know, with a strength five bolter. Right. I do not yeah. have flying thunder hammer the- missile launchers. So I don't know if there was a middle ground the- that the- you could reach. <laughs> The Just Aaron definitely have it rough. I'm not, I'm not faulting you there. Uh, they they really need some help, but I guess I I want to say that there should be a middle ground here. Again, folks, I'm not super heartbroken about this. I'll find another way. And these are more of a unit that I like to run for fun anyway. Not like um, I don't build them to be super competitive anyway. Honestly, I think the middle ground probably would have been just toning back the plasma and taking away the indirect fire. 
I don't really see the issue with having this six up breaching on the splinter missile. And again, maybe capping them at five. Cause I really don't think five of these guys was super offensive. So it looks like your targeter still gives you um, night vision and the shooting attacks become twin linked. So that's still a nice targeting effect. Um, and to, to, Thinking yeah. back on what Paul said, I was kind of comparing these guys to my Lernian Terminators. And the Lernians are horrible, you know, with those power axes, always, you know, hitting last uh, with mo- uh, with a moderate shooting attack with that um, uh, uh, conversion beam can- cannon. Uh, this just does not compare to even as it is now. So you're, you're, even as the Fulmentaris are now. Well... The, the Fulmentaris are ballistic skill fives, so they're already hitting on twos. Twin Link doesn't do a whole lot for me, especially since the Plasma Warheads aren't getting hot. I don't need to reroll ones. I mean, it'd be nice to reroll ones, but they're not detrimental to me in this regard. Yeah. If we compare them, I think of. If we compare them like to the Inner Circle Knights, which are arguably up there in the tier of best Terminators in the game, allegedly. Uh. I don't have anything like that, like that that old plasma warhead. I had the plasma flamer, but even theirs was the worse version of the plasma flamer that breaches on sixes. So, uh, a lot. I I think what made these guys out of step with other elite terminators is their shooting. Uh, even the uh, even the tyrant siege terminators, their best rocket is a crack rocket at AP three, so they're not getting to that AP two. So I, it's, it's like you said, uh, you know, you're not heartbroken over it, but it just does, it does feel like, and I know that these were the big bugbear. Everybody talked about them. Everybody didn't like them, but like, I mean, they just sent a missile from orbit down on these guys. And I think they could have been a little more nuanced with it. Moving on the, um, the named, uh, dreadnought for the ultramarines honored Telemachus. He showed up in our last book. Go listen to that episode with Lockie. It was great. Uh, Honored Telemachus got knocked down by 20 points. The only change they made to him other than that was to knock down his weapon skill by one. So he's now weapon skill five for 20 points cheaper. I'd rather have the weapon skill six dreadnought. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Didn't they? I thought they changed something else about him too. Didn't they mess with his wounds profile? Oh, you know, I think they took one of his wounds away. I think he used to be... Um... No, 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 that hasn't changed at all. The only thing they changed was his weapon skill. Oh, okay. So he's seven wounds, he's four attacks, a weapon skill five, and he has hatred. That's the only... Like, those are the notable features about him. As far as his war gear goes, he's got the Karis Assault Cannon, which I'm not a fan of. It's a high rate of fire, maybe it'll breach. I... I would rather take a Laz Cannon or a the Gravis Melta Cannon. Uh, he's got a Power Fist with a built-in Kami Bolter. It's whatever. Yeah. Have you actually ever run him in a game? No, because at 240 points, I thought he was too expensive. And now, now the thing is, at 220 points, he's the same weapon skill as a regular Dreadnought. And I can put a melt gun or a las or a melt cannon or a las cannon on a standard dreadnought and basically have yeah. the same thing. 
Uh, but they don't have hatred. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, hatred's not bad, and an extra wound isn't bad. It, it would kind of just come down to like matchup. You ever play against guard that carries assault cannon will be really nice because you won't have to worry or rely on the breaching. But yeah, yeah against marines, fair enough. Weird. Yeah, and I think a lot of our gameplay discussion will change when we get like a plastic auxilia army because I was just thinking about my um, what's, what's my my fire raptor how useless it is against yeah. space marines but against a guard army it might be amazing so that could change the meta again if, if that actually happens well I mean as you guys know I've played I've played a little bit uh, against cults and militia uh, a few times and the dark angels and duck die it's just a support squad with calivers or not calivers uh chargers volkite chargers volkite chargers volkite it's fine against marines you get a cheeky extra couple of wounds in there from some ones and twos rolled oh my god does that destroy militia (laughs) it is really gross how quickly you just mow through squads with that but uh yeah so there's a lot of things that we view them now because we're everything we're fighting is in power armor and kind of on that note, I do want to touch on all the super heavies in this PDF. Got su- I, I just wanted to talk about my my last FAQ change before we got into the next thing. Oh, okay. Go ahead. The The last big change to the Ultramarines was with the Loctaris Storm Squad. I, want to, I still want to build a squad of these guys. The original base cost for them was 150. Now they're 190 for Weapon Skill 5 Assault Marines. So... That's kind of rough. Um, Forty points is a lot. Uh, other than that, fifty points um, before a regular assault yeah. squad is one forty for weapon skill four. So that's way so out they of were line. Being only being ten yeah. points more expensive for weapon skill five. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, especially since you you can give them legatine axes for just five. I think that's still a deal. Oh, uh, the only, oh, only the only, only the leader can, out. yeah, only the leader can take that. They do have artificer armor. I think um, they they might have changed that because I think uh, only the sergeant could take um, or the leader could take yeah. artificer armor. Yeah, I think they, they all get it two up. Yeah, the yeah. Palantine Blade Aquilae squad is one ninety five. And okay, so yeah, this is probably a change yeah, that needed. Yeah, that they're they a little can. more in line now. Right. What do they come armed with starting? The uh the blade or the Agrian power sword, which is base it's strength user, it's AP three, and it has rending five up and dualist edge. Okay. I mean that's better than the so Palantine blades. Yeah. So they're they're pretty good. Oh how many Palantine blades can you uh, take? Uh up to ten. Okay, so yeah. The Loctaris are um ten as well, max ten. Alright. Can we have to talk about so, the other big change yeah. in this uh, PDF? The sure. super heavies, the super heavy change, all went down in points significantly. So if you had a bane blade sitting on your shelf, might be time to crack it out and give it a whirl. I I'm excited about this because mostly because I think that uh, a lot of those super heavies, man, they're just really cool. A lot of lot of fun, and the idea of having your your legion having a a Bane Blade or a Shadow Sword or something like that. Really great. Uh, you know, and a lot of these are dropping by 
you know, 200 some odd points. I can give just a little bit of perspective on that from the 40k side. The, the last big Imperial Guard army I ran, I made a list just with three Bane Blades and to see how I do against an army because I was really getting sick of losing. And I thought, well, if I'm, if I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose with style. So I brought three Bane Blades and they had recently gone through a similar change. I think they just dropped in points and got some extra armor and a few other things. And by the end of the game, I had annihilated the enemy and still had all three of my Bane Blades. Uh, he'd taken out a few of my little support units, but I think in a, in a game like this, it, it would you could have a similar effect, although running three in this game might be a little tricky because the amount of Melta that's out there in these battlefields would make that too risky. In 40k, it's easier. you got more ablative wounds. In this one, you, you could lose that Bane Blade pretty quickly, but it would still be fun. Well, the trick with Bane Blades um, is those a lot of those templates that you drop in, they're all AP4. Your power armor's laughing it off. Uh, now, they are rending six up, but that that's kind of the big weakness, is particularly on the Bane Blade, specifically. Uh, there are other... There are other variants of the Bane Blade, like the Stormlord with that Vulcan Megavolter with the heavy 15 pinning AP3. Shell Shock 1, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> and then the Shadow Sword, everybody loves Volcano Cannon. So I think there's some fun stuff in here. Potentially break out, especially if you got one sitting on your shelf that's been collecting dust for a while. What does Shell Shock Shell do Shock uh, gives you a minus one for your pinning check. Well, it gives pinning you check. whatever the okay. bracket is. So Shell Shock 1 is minus right, one for right. your pinning check. But... Uh, and they on that Stormlord they changed the transport capacity because I think it used to be twelve now it's twenty. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So you can have some guys pile out of your your storm sword, your, your Stormlord, whichever one it is. Yeah. Um. Well, Warwick, I'm sorry about Telemachus for you. Rylanor made out like a bandit, so if I ever run Loyalist Emperor's children, uh, you know. That nice 215 point weapon skill six dreadnought will be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's pretty dope. But uh, overall, that's the FAQ changes. Any final thoughts on on these here, guys? They made a couple minor changes to the Night Lord stuff, but I'm not familiar enough with them to to really go over them. Um, I think it's all pretty minor stuff. yeah, you know, I think the the big bugbear for me, I, and again, I'm not heartbroken over it. The full Mentaris is whatever. Um, there's other fun stuff out there, so it's just the one I think that got sent through the floor the hardest, you know. Yeah, it was a pretty big nerf. Um, one that I saw a couple people make videos on was they thought it was really weird that the Castroferum and the Whirlwinds and stuff, all the small vehicles and walkers, didn't get anything changed for them. So it was like super heavies and like a couple of the specific units got big nerfs and then kind of everything else in the list was sort of left as was, even though some like the Castor people have been saying need kind of a tweak to them, but they haven't touched them yet. Yeah, we'll just wait and see what happens with the next one. The Tormentor is 800 points. Did you guys see that? Did that, that went down, up? baby. 
So now if you're running Iron Warriors, you, if you're playing 5,000 points or more, you can bring Perturaba with his dedicated transport, but no retinue. Yeah, it's um, it's a converted shadow sword. So it's got a transport capacity of 24. And um, the volcano cannon and everything. And it's a freaking beast. It's only front armor. It's only front armor 13, though. Well, you got to remember with these super heavies, even if you get an explodes, they just lose D3 whole points. Right, so, right. And, and they ignore every other effect on the on the vehicle damage table. So even though they're front armor 13, it's a lot harder 13 than you think. All right. right. Should we take a little break and then we'll come back and do some Christmas gift exchanging? Yeah, let's do it. everybody i hope you had a good break i know we did we are going to get into our death comes to christmas town segment with our yearly gift exchange it's always something i'm super excited about because it gives us all an opportunity to work on something a little different and put our own flair on somebody else's army with a unit of choice this year we wanted to focus on five man elite squads or something um comparable to that in the elite bracket so Without further ado, I'm going to queue up Paul to go first. What did you get? Who did you get it from? And then we're going to have your uh, your gifty explain why they picked what they picked and how they went about doing it. Yeah, so uh, apparently Manipal had me, and he sent me some uh, beautiful, I think these are going to be veterans, is what they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if the rest of you guys have seen this stuff yet, but... Uh, yeah, they're all in the uh, the Mark III. Looks like he got the actual raised Sons of Horror shoulder pads, which is really cool. Uh, okay, I, did did my did my Japanese calligraphy is it legible? <laughs> it looks pretty good. Yeah, can you tell what it, what it says? Say, I don't know what that middle character is. I. It's supposed to be live, laugh, love. <laughs> <laughs> Or live, love, laugh. One of those. Okay. Those were tricky characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's legible enough. It looks pretty good. <laughs> I was wondering what that was. I was like, white scars. What's going on here? No, but they're green. They must be salamanders. <laughs> but no, yeah, they. Uh, <laughs> that is pretty good. But yeah, models look pretty good. Just the Mark Three, the old Mark Three kits, which really are. Just solid models. Yeah, and I like the paint, too. I was actually going to ask you what color green this was. Yeah, I need to check my list here. But basically, my thought of that was to have a a flexible command squad sort of thing that you could do a lot of stuff with. Originally, I was going to make some Reavers. I just could not get my hands on chain axes that I liked. And I thought that, well, once you have those, that's the only thing they can be. But with the... With that unit, there's six of them. You can run it as a Legion Command Squad with a standard bearer. I got the standard. The standard itself was on. I found online uh, from a, a third party. And I'm kicking myself because I should have... He had a couple other standards. I should have bought a few more for me because that's what I've been looking for. 
for my own army because the the leadership is important and having that that leadership is at 10 but that can really be nice for an infantry army then he would come with uh, two chosen and they all have the option of charnable weapon power weapon power fist lightning claw plasma pistol um but those are very similar choices to what you get with a just a veteran squad so you could just take out the banner bearer run that as a five-man veteran squad and for your for the leader of it, you can have a guy with either the Charnable weapon, which is that kind of scimitar-looking thing, or the uh, the the Thunderhammer. And then most of what I read about these squads is that they tend to excel in the assault because you can spam power weapons. So I just gave them a bunch of lightning claws uh, for the extra guys, and now you can, you can kind of run that with some flexibility. And as far as the paint, um, the base was Lupercal green. And then I did a Cabalite green and I did some different washes. I think there's, there's a, a Beal tan ink wash in there, a green wash. And then I might've had um, probably some Nuln oil in there. Uh, I, and I, I think with the highlight, I might've dabbed on some snot green or something like that or Warpstone glow to try to bring up a little bit of the highlight. And then the, 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 the gold trim was just uh, like Balthazar gold. And then a, a highlight of, of something else on top of that. So it was actually, I, and I was going to try to go with a, with more even more detail on it and do something unique. But that Mark III armor just looks good plain. And I thought, okay, these are your veterans. They've been around the longest. The armor should be a little bit more worn without too much filigree on it. And once I got done to that level, I'm like, I just don't want to do any more to them. They look good. So that's where I stopped. Yeah, they look great. Thanks, man. So that's a unit of six, and you can use them in a, two or three different ways. So there you go. Very cool. That, uh, that looks like a lot of fun. I hope they work out well for you. Mample, do you want to do your reveal? Who got you, and what did you get? Yeah, so I'll then do a... We're, we're, we're still trying to make this a reaction channel, right? Isn't that the idea? Because you guys didn't want to do a hot tub stream, so we're going to do... We were going to do a tasteful nudes channel, but then Twitch changed their terms of service. Okay, so Cut I got that the. Out, please. Oh, this looks really cool. So hey, it's your turn to edit. Oh, perfect! I'm cutting that out. Uh, Warwick got me. This is the Red Eye Assault Destroyers. The Red Eye Destroyers are the result of the brutal operations in Imperium Secundus. Utilizing war gear other legions might consider dishonorable or overkill, the Alpha Legion have not hesitated to deploy these tools against Imperium Secundus. Units of destroyers were formed and set up on Ultramar to burn and to spoil the land. Soon the veteran Red Eyes were formed to act as shock troops to rapidly counter loyalist forces. Trained by a veteran Moratat, the Red Eyes are a deadly foe ready to burn the upstart empire. So I'm guessing these guys are supposed to go with my Moratat? Is that right? Yeah, and that doesn't matter now because your Moratat can go with fucking anybody. <laughs> no, I'll still run with these because so, this will look great. That, okay, so that FAQ came out a day after I shipped these out. Okay, okay. Looks like what I would have done is probably wrap them all individually because they looks like they did get bounced around quite a bit. Uh, one guy came off the base. That's okay. I can fix that. One guy lost a pistol. And one guy lost a crest, but that's easy. And then, you, oh, he did give me some extra Croxagore scales. Oh, and um, Paul, I think in that box, if you look at what I shipped you, there should be a little box of some extra shoulder pads. A little bag of extra shoulder oh, pads. Oh, I didn't see that. I'll have to dig yeah. through it. Look in the packaging. 
Okay, looks like we have a guy with a, a hand flamer. That is the Maybe Toxiferin like... flamer. So that is a flamer that is poison three. Um, I think the, the armor is like black and green. Um... The, like the chest piece is all dark colored and then just the, the hydro green shows up on the, the knee pads and the shoulder pads and they look really nice. Right, so a lot of the destroyers that I've seen painted up, they all paint their armor black to mark out their better duty. So I just went shoulder pads and knee pads for your Alpha Legion green. Mm -hmm. And actually that Croxagore scale I borrowed from you the last time I visited. Ah, gotcha. That makes sense. And then... I was looking for something else in the box. You weren't going to send me any apothecary bits? I did send you apothecary bits. Oh, wait. Okay. So there's this. Are they in here with the bases? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. There they are. Yep. Thank you. There's a bunch of extra stuff in there. Okay. I thought that was just a bag of bases, but it looks like there's a bunch of apothecary bits as well. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah. So now you don't have to run your more attached solo, but like I said, now it doesn't matter because they changed better duty. <laughs> well, thank you very much. How did, so what else did you do to decide how to put them together? Yeah, um, so I kind of, I wasn't sure what, they can, one in every five can take a special weapon. Um, I wasn't really sure what to do at first, but I know you tend to run your Moritat at kind of a close range. So I figured give them the Assault Flamer, and like I said, the Toxiferin Flamer is poison three. So you're always wounding on a three up, even dreadnoughts, but you just need to re-roll that uh, successful wound. And they have the rad grenades, which will knock down the toughness of any unit you're engaged with. And it works in every phase, so not just your assault phase, but um, if they're in base contact with another unit, they are uh, minus one toughness. So I thought that was kind of neat. I used the... Um, the kind of sheathed chain swords on their hips so they're, they're all dual wielding pistols but they all have the sheathed chain sword which i thought was really cool i used that from the old mark three kit but those are the new that's the new mark three kit that i gave you right um i'm I, and I, i've always had a hard time finding a way to get those chain swords on but they, they look good as you put them on so yeah that's there's nice just a little a little ridge on the the new hip plate that that just kind of clips onto so i thought it looked really slick when, when that all went together. Right. I'm kind of gutted that some of them broke on the way there, but oh well. I mean, so e even the thing there, Maniple, is that the package that I received, they all were individually wrapped, and they came shattered. Hmm. So I had to do quite a bit of repairs uh, when they got here. So I think there's just a lot to be said about the dog shit postal service here in America. Shout out to the post office. Bye. By shout out, I mean fuck you. Agreed. Still, my tax dollars efficiently wasted. Still don't have my fucking Moomac. You ordered a Moomac? No, I yeah, I commissioned painted a Moomac in from uh, J Max Armies of Middle Earth, and they lost it in the fucking mail. Oh wow. Yeah, I'd be gutted about that. So, uh, like I said, I had a lot of fun working on those destroyers. I think destroyers are really neat, so I will be making some of my own before too long. But before we get into that, Brandon, who gifted to you and what did you receive? Well, it looks like who gifted to me was Paul, uh, and I received a Dreadnought, a Dark Angels Dreadnought, it looks like. 
Um, really cool. I love the pose here on him. Like he's running forward. Um, and it looks like you went with the Volkite as well. Yeah, I did. I should clarify that what Brandon has gotten is not a dreadnought, but a picture of one. Um, because the nice thing about living in the same city is I can put it off to the very last minute and just give it to him by hand. But, uh, yep, just, uh, the Contemptor. To be honest, I went out looking for stuff like Deathwing Companions and Inner Circle Knights, and, and let me tell you, Dark Angels must be a heck of a popular faction in 30k and 40k, because you cannot find anything for love or ready money right now. Um, but I ended up going to the Citadel and being like, you guys are my last hope here. I got like two weeks left. You got anything Dark Angels? And they were like, oh, we have the torso for the Dreadnought. And I was like, do you have the old one that comes with the shoulders and legs? And they're like, no. <laughs> I was like, well, it's the only thing I can find. So we'll go with that. Uh, the pose. Yeah, I liked how the pose turned out. Sort of like stepping forward and reaching out with the hand. I saw that online. Um, and decided I was going to try it out because, you know, these guys have seen all my dreadnoughts. They're all horse stance, arms locked at the elbows. So I was like, ah, I got to do something a little cooler with this. Um, and I um, turned out pretty well. I was surprised. Yeah. And that torso, you know, despite knocking it for not having the shoulders and legs, the torso looks amazing. I really like the, uh, the chest piece that they put on this. It's really cool little detail. Um, but yeah. Brandon will be getting this shortly the next time we hang out. I hope he likes it. <laughs> uh, can I ask, out of curiosity, was there a thought behind specifically the Volkite, or did you just go for Rule of Cool? Or? Oh, yeah, it was... So I, I know what you already run, and it was like I should get him something different, something that he doesn't have, so he has a new option, because mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to magnetize this. I don't have the time. And I initially was like, well, Dark Angels and special tech means plasma. But then I looked at the rules for plasma and I was like, I don't like this plasma, the Gravis plasma gun. And the dual Volkite Culverin, I mean, it's not flashy, but it's good. And it's still Dark Age tech. I was like, yeah, the next time you play uh, like Martin or them with their chaos cultists, you can run him with some uh, inducti and wreck him up. Yeah, it's funny you talk about the in stock thing that that is also what dictated what I did for my kit yeah. as well. Well, and it was uh, weird I can't too. Wait to, uh, can't wait like to even it. at the Citadel, they had like a great selection of Sons of Horus and Fists and like Iron Warriors had a bunch of stuff weirdly. And it was only Dark Angels and Emperor's Children. And I think Ultramarines was the other one where there was nothing. Like not even the transfer sheets were available. Wow. I was like, okay, <laughs> so I guess we're not doing any of that stuff. But I did think of doing Iron Warriors. I was like, well, you know, Ooh. I know he's talked about it. You know, maybe I find something that. But um, they didn't have – I was sticking to Elites, and they didn't have anything. I think they had, like, one of the – they have, like, a fast attack option or something like that there. And I was like, I don't know what that is. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. So – you would have forced me into it. I've been thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. I've been thinking about it a lot. I was thinking about it. I was like, this will be really cheeky and it'll be fun. But yeah, they just didn't have what I was looking for. Yeah, it, it would have been funny if you did a Dreadnought too, because specifically I've been thinking about doing an allied detachment of Iron Warriors for my Emperor's children uh. <laughs> and do an Angel Exterminatus. Yeah, that'd be sweet. So, 
But uh, no, the, he looks great. Um, I notice here in the picture, can you on those, I haven't gotten any of those resin forge world bodies at all. Can you turn the head? Is it a separate uh, yeah. piece? So the, all of them are a little different. I actually got the sons of Horus one too. So it's the torso is all one piece. The head is separate. And on this one, that little angel in the front chest piece was separate. You actually slide it into a slot and it locks in place. Um, the arms, the legs, the lower body assembly, and the exhaust is the plastic kit in the back. But yeah, okay. they, they're pretty, uh, it's pretty easy to plug and play. You literally just build the legs and the waist, and then the torso just sits into it, and then the arms just plug into the slots, and you put in the backpack piece, and you're good to go. Well, I can't wait to get him. Uh, for those of you at home counting, this will be my fourth Dark Angels Contemptor Dreadnought. <laughs> and I have a Leviathan, which means Fear of the Ancients. It's coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I almost have as many Dreadnoughts as Paul. <laughs> yeah, getting there. You're catching up. Yeah, We'll have to do a Fury on Fury list. That'll be fun. Yes, definitely. Well, thank you for the Dreadnought. It looks fantastic i can't wait to uh to actually have my hands on it so awesome gift glad you yeah, like that it. that looks really cool i really like that uh that the resin build so the the last one is me and i got five night raptors from brandon and he found a really cool STL to use as either a chain glaive or a headsman's axe, which I like. Uh, I like the headsman's axe quite a bit. It's a weapon that doubles the user's strength. It's AP three and it's absolutely vicious. And then these models look great. You use the 40 K Raptor kit and uh, the, the color turned out amazing. Was that just the contrast like midnight blue? Yeah. So, Talking, Paul, you were talking about a lack of things being in stock. Um, I didn't really want to do Ultramarines for Warwick because I know he, he's really hot on these Night Lords and getting them started and running. So I was like, I want to get something to really get you jump started there, get you going. Um, and so I went on old, ye old new games workshop website, kill me, and everything Night Lords was out of stock, man everything um i was like i don't know what to do here uh and i wanted to stick to a five guy thing because a terror squad is the other thing i considered doing but they come in 10 and also it kind of seemed like there was a lot of different weapon options that you could have picked there and i wasn't really sure what you were gonna like um so i went and looked at the old Chaos Space Marines Raptors kit. And they're actually very Night Lords-y. They got the lightning in the trim. Um, so what I did was I just I built them and I, I shaved off a lot of the spikes and spines, uh, particularly on the jump pack. Uh, there's like horns growing out of the jump pack on the Chaos one Raptors. And I, I cut and filed those down. Um, along with like along their legs and wrists and stuff like that kind of make it a little more constrained but still kind of out there because they kind of are the night lords are and then 
I was trying really hard to uh, to subtly pry Warwick for what he was going to like versus not like while not giving myself away. So when he would, he would luckily he was really excited to talk about the Night Lords all the time. So I was just like, yeah, man, tell me more. Tell me more. And he he got a bunch of STLs for 3D printing Night Lord stuff. And I was like, yeah, share that for me. I don't need it, but it would just be great. And he, he didn't end up getting it to me. So I, I went on. I found some of my own stuff. The funny thing about the heads, I so I did I 3D printed heads, shoulder pads, and that big headsman's axe. And all three of those came so ridiculously out of scale in the when I loaded the file up that I was like, what the hell is going on here? Like one of those heads took up half of my build plate on my 3D printer. Now, if you're familiar with 3D printing, that's big. <laughs> so I ended up printing, I think, like 20 different heads in different scales to just finally find the right one. And also barring, I had a lot of fails on the print as well. Uh, so it was several rounds of 3D printing to get those scales right and and, and get everything worked out. Um, and then for the paint, all it really was, I was having so much fun painting my Emperor's Children, which is a metallic Xenothal with uh, ink on top. That I did the same thing. I did a metallic Xenothal, uh, but rather than ink, I used Leviathan blue contrast paint because I didn't have a blue ink. Um, and I think it came out great. Yeah, it's this very nice midnight blue. It's metallic midnight blue, and it looks absolutely amazing. I can see the the lightning flashing off their armor and everything. They look great. So thank you very much. Yeah, and again, thanks to our good buddies, the post office, that package came completely crushed, even though I individually yeah. packaged each one of them. And yeah, man, the, I was freaking devastated. The box was almost completely flattened on one end. And like, I saw it when I got home from work that day, I saw it on my front step and I was fucking pissed because it, and I sent a picture of it to Brandon and I was like, yeah, I got here. I haven't opened it yet, but they handled it with the utmost fucking care. Oh man. Yeah. That, that one absolutely crushed me. Um, another thing I'll, I'll talk about briefly was, uh, you, you were really back and forth on what kind of basing you were doing. And I was getting pretty impatient. Cause I was like, I got to figure this the fuck out, pick a basing scheme. <laughs> so you finally said volcanic. So I was like, okay, so this base scheme that I do is actually how I base my, uh, my Lord of the Rings Mordor army, but I think it looks really good. So it, it is very quick and easy as well. So that's that's why I went with that. Yeah, yeah, they look great. They look really good. All right. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. I think everybody did a really great job on their gifts uh, this year. What did you guys think of the Elite Squad, uh, the Elite Choice? I'd like to get your your feedback on that. I thought it was really fun. And I thought it was... it it gave each of us a kind of flexibility because uh, I didn't feel that I was too shoehorned into anything. I think it just, it, it kind of showed me that I, it would be a lot more fun if GW had more flexibility in the plastic kits they offered uh, because I, I did have to go to a third party to find the the banner bear. And it wasn't that I wasn't trying to get it on Forge World, but it was too hard to, it was either way, way, way too expensive and and then hard to justify that expense. Uh, for a model that so that would only be used sometimes, and also it's kind of hard to get the special weapons that I would have wanted. So I think that's uh, when GW eventually comes out with 
that kit that has like all the veteran upgrades and all that stuff. It'll be a lot of fun to to convert those. Uh, but yeah, and and um, getting those old old the old style Mark III kits were really easy to work with and convert. I don't know about in the future when we all just just have the Mark VI box to work with. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting idea, and that it would uh, push us all. I ended up settling on a single model again partially because of availability, but also just because I knew that I had limited time and I could put enough time into a single model to make it look good and be ready. But a squad, I I don't know if I would have gotten that done. I mean, we all know how long it takes me to get anything painted around here. I think the dreadnought works fine for the challenge or for the, for the exchange because it's the equivalent of a squad basically. So I thought it was a good choice. I mean, you did what you could with what you had and I thought it was the right call. So yeah. Maniple, what did you think of the basing on those destroyers? I, I'm looking at it now. These are the ones that were uh, a resin print from you. Yes. Yeah, they, yeah, they they look good. They're nice and clean. And when I've had other 3D printed stuff, just from like uh, uh, the the old what's what's the the typical kind the the plastic printers, you always have lines. This it, it just looks like it was sculpted that way. I mean, it's just it's just they look very nice and clean. So. It's kind of a, it's a ruined city. Is that what the aesthetic was? Yeah, like a, a ruined city, yes. Yep. Yeah, that'll, and that works perfectly with the ones I already have, so that looks great. I kind of struggled with this elite choice um, instead, mostly because I was really trying to appreciate this from a gameplay perspective as well, of what was work and I actually want that squad armed with. Um and I ended up just making a call and saying, okay, I'm giving the sergeant a headsman's axe because I found a cool file for it. And then the rest of them have the chain blades because I thought that the chaos swords looked mean enough to not just be a chain sword. Uh, these, these, so these are the base chain blades that come with the Raptor set. Is that what you're yes. telling me? Mm-hmm. They actually, they're very close to the STL I have for actual chain blades that I use on the rest of my stuff. So that I think you made the, the perfect call on all that because uh, even if this these five models don't have these specialty weapons that I might want to take in the future, the next five Raptors that I get to add to this squad, I can build them in any way that I need. So mm-hmm. no, this is perfect, dude. Thank you. Yeah, the, the other thing I really struggled with is, and this was partially because of the kit that I had to choose, I didn't really feel like I got to put the level of detail in that I would have put a single on a single model. Um, one of the things that I really wanted to, to do, um, and it just didn't work out. And this is this is majority because of the model is I wanted to do the white lightning bolts all over the the kit. Uh, the Raptors have way too much detail on them to do it, and they already have lightning bolts built into the uh, the trim anyway. Um, but I, I gotta say, I just, I think I prefer a single character when we do these things because I like kind of going to that next level and pushing myself on something, um, in a way that I just didn't truly feel I could get to that level. Yeah. This challenge worked for me because I had a big bits box and I could sit and mix and match and put stuff together. If I hadn't had that, um, it would have been much more frustrating. Uh, and so I think maybe next time if we do like, uh, a character model, but maybe think about doing something like the um, the apothecary or the tech priest, or you know something in those lines in that that mid range, 
of, of character that would be kind of interesting because I wouldn't necessarily buy that myself but to get it as a gift would be would be fun well I think that wraps up death comes to Christmas town do we want to get into the emperor's judgment I'm ready to be judged and found wanting all right well we are rolling into the end of the year we've only got a couple of weeks left in December so that means that we need to look back on ourselves and kind of analyze the hobby goals we set for ourselves at the beginning of the year we probably talked about this last year in a very similar episode of what kind of hobby goals we had for ourselves for 2023 and whether or not we we made it happen. Did we get there? So, Manipal, why don't you lead us off on this one? Yeah, my basic goal was to try to paint something every day. And I did pretty well for the first two months. I finished up my 40K orcs. Uh, there's still a couple models I need to finish, but the... And I painted hundreds of orcs in that time. So it kind of showed me that if I really sit down and just paint every day, I can get a ton done. Now, the problem I ran into was that it's just been very hard for me to get games in this year. And so when I did get back to my painting shelf, it was, I'd get a few things done, but I certainly wasn't painting every day. And I think we, what happened to us was like Baldur's Gate hit, you know, this year. And a lot of us started playing Baldur's Gate instead. And that's a horrible excuse, but. I'm kind of back to that point now where I feel like I've got the computer game out of my system a little bit and I'm happy to go back to, to painting, but I've got to have an ability to get more games in. Otherwise it's, uh, I don't have a, enough motivation to, to keep playing and all the people I play with are now about an hour away from where I live. So I got to be a lot more deliberate about setting those games up. So I'd say that the emperor would, would judge me wanting, even though my first two months were very strong. All right, Paul, you want to talk us through your uh, 2023 New Year's resolutions and how you did? Yeah, I think I did okay. Uh, If I remember right from when we recorded the episode, mine was to get everything I had built and primed and also to get my Sons of Horus army completed, Um, which actually I can say I've got the first one done. I have, let's see, figure case says 1,236 models built and primed. So that's everything I own until I buy something new. Uh, I think over the course of the year, I built about 800 of those models were on sprues before the end of this year. So I'm pretty happy with that. That's a pretty big accomplishment considering that a lot of those kits I've been holding on to for almost a decade and never got around to. So uh, now it's just the painting part, which will probably take me far longer, but we'll see. Uh, the Sons of Horus stuff, I've made some progress on it. I'd say I'm about a third to halfway, but uh, yeah, not finished. So we'll count that as big red X. Awesome. Uh, so I had several goals here. I wrote them down and I found that I, I think I failed all but one of them. So, uh, well, actually two here. So my first one was to paint my Serpent Horde army. Now, I did not paint every single Serpent Horde uh, army or Serpent Horde model I own. Uh, this being uh, for Lord of the Rings, I did get almost I think eight hundred points uh, painted, which is kind of the biggest size game that you play for for Lord of the Rings. So I'm going to count that as a win. Uh, next one was paint three thousand points of Dark Angels not counting any named characters, which I did do. Um, I was able to bring a 3,000-point list to the Ferex event, 
no named characters. So uh, pretty happy with that. Uh, this is one that I, I didn't actually even think about for quite a long time, but I said that I'd paint a Regia Manipole for my uh, uh, Legio Astorum Adeptus Titanicus. I didn't paint a single Titan this year, so that's uh, that's one that's definitely a fail. Well, not uh, for nothing, but I don't think any of us, well, I don't know about uh, Warwick and Manipole, but I know we only played maybe one game of Titanicus this year. There wasn't a lot of motivation for it. No, yeah, we we did not play a lot of Titanicus this year. Um, I did host a Titanicus event this year, though, but I brought my Legio Interfector to that. The next one was to finish the big corn dragon that you guys you guys can see up there above me. I have not played... I think I've played three games of Age of Sigmar this year, and it was all in the same day. So I, I have not been motivated on Sigmar at all. So that didn't get done. And then the last one was to finish painting my Thorin and company, um, which I only painted one model uh, for. Just haven't touched them. So that's uh, that is me. So that would be, I believe, two out of five that I completed. Well, I think mine was pretty simple. Uh, I don't remember exactly what I committed to, but I know for certain I committed to painting Bobby G., and 3,000 points of Ultramarines. I've gotten about, I want to say about 3,500 points of Ultramarines painted, but I have sat down to work on Bobby G three or four times now, and I just can't bring myself to touch that model. I don't know why not. I love him. I think he's great. I like to run him. I like to, uh, I like getting him on the table. I just cannot motivate myself to paint a Primark, and I have no idea why. There's just a lot going on there. It's a really busy model. And maybe I'm nervous. I don't know. I can't explain it. I just don't have the desire to dig into that model. And I think I also committed to painting up my um, uh, Reptura Maniple for my Legio. Yeah, Legio Lanascara. I haven't even touched them. Like Brandon, I've only played a couple of times this year. And for whatever reason, I just, I dropped off on those. The big motivator to even get the, the ultramarine stuff done was Ferex. And that was only a couple months ago. So in the grand scheme of things, I really drug my feet. I didn't get enough done and the emperor will judge me and find me wanting. So, um, I did get done a little of what I said I was going to do, but I just don't think it was enough. All right, guys, the emperor has judged and found us all wanting. Let's take a couple of minutes here to get into what do we think went wrong? Uh, so Manipul, like yours was to paint every day and you talked about, you got really into computer games there for a while. And so that didn't fall off. Do you think that maybe that goal was just a little bit unrealistic? Yeah, I think, even, but even if I'd said paint once a week, I think the issue I run into is that as soon as I get out of the rhythm of doing something, then it's months before I get back to it. So I think still I could have done that if if I had even said just um, a, count like assembling a model or priming a model or doing something at the hobby table, even you know cleaning it out. So maybe just to say do something hobby related before I, I turn on the, the, the computer in the morning. You know, uh, years ago, I had an addiction to um, the cable news. You know, every morning I'd get up, make my coffee, 
five o'clock in the morning and just start watching cable news. And then I gave it up for Lent one year and came back to it 40 days later and found out that all the headlines were exactly the same. And I hadn't, you know, missed anything. And I thought, well, I don't need to watch this at all anymore. That was kind of the first time I got back into my, into my hobby routine was doing hobby stuff every morning. Cause I'd say, don't turn that on until you get something productive done. The same is true with computer games. Like we've had a lot of fun playing Baldur's Gate, Age of Conan, um, uh, Space Engineers, or Ark, or all this stuff. But at the end of the day, I really have nothing to show for it. I can go back and load that last save and say, "Oh, this was a, something that I did in in the virtual world," but I've got nothing to show for it. Behind me, I've got all these models I've spent real money on that I should be more motivated to actually do something with because when I can put it on the shelf and say it's done, it makes me feel great. When I finished some of those orcs that I'd owned for 20 years or more, I was just through the roof happy with how much I'd got done. And uh, But I gave myself a week off, and that week turned into a month, and then here we are today. I should have had all my Alpha Legion done, and I should have had a bunch of Necromunda guys done. I should have had you know, my uh, Chaos Warriors for Sigmar, but all that fell by the wayside just by taking just one week off, and it turned into nine months yeah warwick what about you what do you think uh what do you think prevented you from meeting your bobby g goal i just find i i hate to blame work but i have a somewhat physically demanding job so by the time i get home in the afternoon i tell myself i'll relax for an hour or two and then maybe i'll paint for an hour or two and just see where it goes but you know i sit down on the couch for it seems like three or four hours and barely move just because I think I'm tired and then I don't get anything done that night. And then by the time, you know, I get to my hobby space, it's just so much easier to turn the computer on and get sucked, sucked into the whole YouTube rabbit hole or uh, play a dumb video game. Like my uncle said, and it's not a very productive way to spend your time. So a big focus for me this year, in addition to whatever hobby goals I set for myself is just finding a way to motivate myself not just in the afternoons, but also on the weekends. I find that I waste a lot of time on the weekends just not really doing anything. So a big motivator for the, for me this year, or a big goal for me this year, is just find a way to stay motivated because it's, that's the, the biggest breakdown for me in 2023 was just like, eh, I'll do it tomorrow or I'll work on it next weekend, you know, thinking that there's going to be a million weekends of the year when there's not, you know you lose a lot of time uh, just sitting around staring at a screen. So yeah, uh, a big thing for me is just maybe not even turn on the computer, just maybe uh, put my uh, my headphones in and turn on some music and just focus on painting. Just, just working on that focus is going to be a big thing for me this coming year. Yeah, I think um, the reason why the Sons of Horus didn't get painted, I would say is two things. I think the first thing is my first goal of building everything was a much bigger project than I expected it to be. It was also a lot easier to do than painting. And so it would be one of those things where I'd come home and it'd be like, I got an hour. I can build a 10 man squad of whatever out of a kit real quick and just set them on the shelf and be done with it. But an hour of painting space Marines, you know, I'm not going to get a whole lot done. So we'll do the building thing, which is why I got stage one done but it also meant that the painting just kept getting put off and put off. Um, I think the second thing was because of my night shift schedule, like 
you know, it was like, oh, I really need to go to Hobby Town and, you know, get some paints that the, I know they have there that I need for this project. But I just got off work and they don't open for four hours and I need to go to sleep kind of thing. So it was like, I'm either cutting into my sleep schedule to go get stuff or I'm just, you know, staying home and going to bed at a reasonable hour and not doing those things. <laughs> uh, I kept running into a lot of stuff like that. I, I can totally, totally confirm because I've worked night shift as well. That will totally destroy whatever daytime productivity or off time productivity. It's just you... weird, like getting off work at 6 a.m. And it's like, cool, nothing's open and I need to go to bed in an hour. But yeah. And then it was also just uh, like running an airbrush. I have an older Iwata that doesn't have a tank and it's loud. And I live in very thin walled apartments. So it's like, again, it's that. You know, it's 6 a.m. And if I want to run the airbrush, I got to kind of do it now in a very small window. And on my days off, you know, it's like, all right, I'm awake. It's 2 a.m. Well, I can't run the airbrush in the middle of the night. I'm going to get a noise complaint. So a lot of that stuff just keeps getting it pushed down the line. But it is what it is. Yeah, definitely. I know what, for me, blocked me on a lot of my goals is I... I when it comes to hobby, I paint what I'm excited about and what I'm actually using. So, you know, I made the choice that, you know, I set the goal to finish that dragon or paint Thorne's company. I'm not using them. So I'm not interested in getting them painted. I'm, I'm not the guy that like, obviously I've got a shelf behind me full of models that are painted, but that's, that's not the reason I paint. That's just, not gonna sitting it on the shelf so that it looks nice is just not what gets me going um so i think that's why for next year i've i've created some hobby goals i think that are built more around that because uh, you know like like warwick said most of my three thousand points of dark angels i finished was specifically for that ferrix event um but we got it done uh you and i pulled that week and I think between the two of us, we probably painted 4,000 points worth of Marines in a week. Oh yeah. It was, it was a crazy week. This is a good time. So maybe that'll be uh, another, uh, it'll be another Dallas 2024 trip where we all pool resources, and just get a bunch of shit painted over a week. So listeners, I think I want to ask a favor from you. Why don't you email us at legioncast18 at gmail.com and tell us what each of our hobby pennants should be. We've been found wanting. We failed these very, I don't want to say simple tasks, but, you know, in a year's time, some of it should have been doable and maybe some of it was done. But uh, I think we've all been found wanting. So let us know what our hobby pennants should be. Ooh, quick aside here. You've mentioned the email, and I forgot to check the email before the episode, and we got an email. From who? From our friend Wilfred Wilkinson. Hell yeah. I'm going to read that, and we'll respond to it impromptu right now. Um, It says, Merry Christmas, gents. Wanted to give you all a shout-out again for the good work, and hope you and your families are having a great Christmas season. Thank you. We hope you are, too. My family and I are planning on doing some post-Christmas traveling to England. And wouldn't you know it, I somehow convinced my wife to let us go to the Warhammer World in Nottingham for a day. Besides checking out the exhibits and getting hands-on Forge World stuff sans import prices, 
planning on finally getting my Jagatai, what would you guys do if you had the opportunity to go? Cheers, Will. I think out of this group, who's been to Warhammer World? Is it just me? I think you're the only one, yeah. All right. Well, Will, I will tell you, absolutely go. My wife came with me to Warhammer World. We went to England for our honeymoon, and she even enjoyed it too because of the exhibits and stuff. Uh, so definitely see those, obviously. Uh, things to do while you're there, go to Bugman's Bar. Bugman's Bar is awesome. They've set up a medieval-looking pub right there in Warhammer World. It's awesome. Secondly, buy all the Warhammer stuff because they will ship it straight to you without all of that horrendous import price. And in Britain, Warhammer is hilariously cheaper than here. It, it's horrendous. You gotta, there's one of the exhibits there, they hide an assassin model. You gotta find that model, and I think they give you a free model if you find it. So there's a little challenge there. I can't remember which exhibit it is, but... It's the big one. It's the big centerpiece one, which just so we're aware, that thing is two stories tall and the size of, like, my freaking house. It's huge. I went looking for it. You could spend hours in there and not find it, so don't feel bad if you don't. But it's a Vindicare uh, assassin that's painted like Waldo. Anyway, I hope you have a great Christmas, Will, and uh, thanks for the email. Yeah, thanks. It's great to hear from you. Glad you're still doing awesome. And definitely get that Jagatai model and email us a picture when you get them all painted up because I want to see it. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. So, yes, Warwick's hobby penance penance should be he has to ask a girl out on a real date i did that uh two weeks ago and i got shot down so thanks you gotta keep asking until one says yes and then after that your penance will be stick with it until you get married oh okay it's that easy huh <laughs> yeah all right just get better at it yeah, the <laughs> trick is use a bigger stick to hit him over the head with. <laughs> get really dazed before you pop the question just do what I did. Put them in a position where they can't say no. I took Brandon, my life out on a boat. Brandon, <laughs> cut this out, and I fucking mean it. All right, guys. Well, we've been judged, and we've been found wanting, but let's uh, let's go ahead and scry the future and look forward to the portents of our doom of failing next year as well. So it is about to be the year of our Lord, 2024, which means it's time for some new hobby resolutions what are you guys doing who wants to lead us off here i can go ahead and take that one because i've already got a head start on what i'm working on i am setting myself the goal of four thousand points of night lords and i say four thousand points because i have built two separate three thousand point lists that are very different from one another so I actually need to get one of those 3,000 point lists done plus something else for the other list. So it's a very simple goal. I'm not setting myself up to fail on another Primarch model. So while I will definitely be picking up the Night Haunter, I'm not going to put him on my to-do list until like I'm happy with my other stuff. So that being said, uh, I've already got some jet bikes built for the... Uh, I think it's the Swift Blade Rite of War. 
And then for my Terror Assault right of War, I've got this awesome Leviathan Dreadnought built with two, uh, two melee weapons, and he's stepping on the back of it down Dark Angel right there. I'm very happy with how the base turned out on this one. Brandon was not. In fact, I got some very choice swearing from him when I revealed it. Uh, anyway, um, it's I think it's a very doable goal this year. And like I said, my big focus is going to be focus. Just staying focused, finding motivation, really making myself stay focused on the hobby and just getting it knocked out. And then anything I get done in addition to that is just gravy, baby. So I think it's it's simple. Like I'm not I'm not giving myself a lot of details that I got to figure out. I'm just saying, get this four thousand points done, call it good. So I think it's a very clear cut goal. There's not a lot of argument or leeway in it. it. It should be very doable for me, even a big dummy like me. Awesome. Well, you know I am really looking forward to. Uh crushing those night lords beneath my first legion boot um i can't wait to do some thramas crusade it's going to be so much fun uh for those unfamiliar the night the night lords are really into war crimes and they like trying to get other legions to sink to their level that's where they kind of get off and the thramas crusade was them trying to get the dark angels to sink to their level only to find out that the dark angels are way better at war crimes than they ever were so yeah, yeah totally it's, different it's gonna be fun mm -hmm. all right manipul what are you thinking for next year what are you gonna try to shoot for well i think the the, the goal will be i think to go back last year but maybe make it as i did last year but a little more reasonable to say try to do something hobby related every day and um one of the other hobbies i got, I got into this year was collecting comic books and i'm at a point now where i've got a lot of the comic books i want so now i'm turning around and selling some of them back on eBay. I need, I need to do the same with some of my old uh, Warhammer and 40K collection. So now that I've got an eBay store kind of up and running and figured a few things out, I'm going to try to make some room on my shelf. And then if I can get my Alpha Legion finished, uh, that would be a great goal. I think I could knock that out and then probably move into another game system. So uh, maybe go back to Titanicus or maybe get into some of the Lord of the Rings models I have. Uh, we'll, we'll see. But I, I do want to try to do something hobby related. We'll say at least every day, maybe every other day. And I think that'd be a, a good, good progress for me. Awesome. Well, keep us updated and we'll, uh, we'll try to keep you on, on your track here. Paul, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to be keeping it pretty simple. Um, at this point, I'm just planning to do Sons of Horus for the foreseeable future. I want to try to get my initial 3000 point list done pretty early on this year. Um, and I want to get all the ancillary units and extra stuff I have painted too. So I think I have about five, 6,000 points all said and done. I want to have it finished by next year. I think it's reasonable that I can do it. Um, especially now that everything else is done and put into storage, I can really focus on it now. All right. Awesome. Well, I will run through mine real quick here. Um, again, because I failed on so many of, of my resolutions from last year, I'm really focusing on kind of narrowing my, my scope here and focusing on what I think is realistically attainable as well as what is actually going to get me to do it. So I've got three goals here for you guys. 
and here's what they are. Number one, I want to paint 1,500 more points of Dark Angels. Uh, I do not need to buy anything to say that I have more than 1,500 points of unpainted uh, Dark Angels stuff. So I want to get that finished up and, and looking good. Second, I want to paint 3,000 points of Emperor's Children. I want to get my Emperor's Children all painted. I, I've done a couple of things for them. Man, I fucking I love painting those guys. They are so fun to paint. And I'm so happy with the end result that uh, I don't see this becoming an issue to paint these guys for me because I really have not truly had something that I love to paint before. And I love to paint these guys. So, which is unfortunate because, man, I don't like them in the lore. <laughs> So, but that, uh, so that's my second goal. My third goal is actually related to getting my first two goals done. And that is that I want to attend two heresy events this year. I had so much fun at the Ferex event we went to in Kansas City. I want to try and make it to another one up there, um, along with at least one other heresy event. I'm not sure where or what that'll look like, but that, that's the goal. I know going to events gets me motivated to paint, so that's why I've included it in that goal. But that's my three goals. We should try to put these on our Discord, and uh, so we can go back and check what they are next. Uh, yeah, that's next a good year idea. See how we did. Yeah, I think that's a, a really, really solid goal for everybody. Um, some of us, uh, def- well, I think we're we're all in a very doable range, so. I think that uh, I'm really looking forward to see what kind of progress we make. And we, we all need to be accountability buddies. So we need to keep each other motivated and just try to try to find time to work with one another and really hang out and get it done. Yeah. When we do those hobby, those hobby nights, they do help. You know, we could just get on discord and stream a movie or something that, that does get the motivation going again. So we should try to keep those going once a week if we can. Yeah, the problem is every time we do that, Warwick just plays video games while the rest of us paint. That is not always true. It's like 90% true, but 10% of the time I'm actually doing stuff. Did did you, I was going to say, did you hear the qualifier in there? It's not always true, just most of the time. Well, that's why I said we all need to be accountability buddies. So we'll, um, we'll hold each other's feet to the fire and... Do you think we've wrapped it up? Anybody want to add anything? Nope. Uh, Merry Christmas. We'll see you guys in the new year. Thanks for having me on again, guys. You have a good uh, various holidays, Christmas and all that, New Year's, and we'll see you on the other side. Very cool. Thanks for coming on, everybody. I've had a great time. Very Merry Christmas. Everybody, why don't you look us up on social media? We are LegionCast, a Horus Heresy podcast on Twitter. And please email us with your input and feedback at legioncast18 at gmail.com. And don't forget to share this episode out to all your buddies. Don't forget to leave us a comment. And don't forget to give us a, a, a rank and review. Until next time, thanks for hanging out. Yep. Thanks for stopping by, everybody. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.